Welcome to My Life in Games with Silas and Sage. And in today's episode, we're going to start off with a quick little recap of the last couple episodes with some uh, Switch talk. Sage, have you picked up a Switch yet? Uh, I would love to say yes, but unfortunately, (laughs) the answer is no. Um, Went down there, went to go pick it up today. We were were told that a certain retail establishment was going to be carrying them. We arrived bright and early uh, with, the, with the, the glimmer of Nintendo Switch in our eyes and the, and the idea of spending our entire afternoon playing Zelda, and it, we were heartbroken to find out that the truck did not bring them in today. So, no. <laughs> so, in other not. words, you got, well, shit. <laughs> we got Once well again... Spent. Us and about 30 other people. Um, so it's a sad morning. It's a very sad morning. But we're hopeful for tomorrow. <laughs> sad morning for fucking South Florida today. <laughs> it was. Once again, no no switch units have arrived at local retailers. It Fuck really you be. all. <laughs> yeah, it really should be part of a newscast. Yeah, yeah everybody's oh, okay. looking for one anyway. No, didn't get one. But I, I did hear, I did hear that you did. Yes, yes, I signed up for every alert possible on the internet, <laughs> pretty much, uh, to somewhere where I can get a hold of one. Unfortunately, right after we recorded our last episode, I was going to go pick one up at Toys R Us because I'd heard that they were going to have some. Yeah, I was not one of the lucky 12 people, but I kept on trudging along, and uh, I was at work uh, last week, and I got a little notification while I was on break saying that, you know, it was going to be some up on uh, Amazon. And, of course, I jumped on that shit, and as soon as it uh, let me, uh, you know, it went through and let me hit buy and everything, I was like, done, and I did that. Uh, I did that, ordered it up, got that shit one-day shipping, and uh, woohoo, got my Switch. Um, of course, about five minutes after I ordered mine, I went and looked back on Amazon, and, of course, it was already uh, sold out again. <laughs> lucky son of a bitch. So uh, I got that, and then, of course, um, knowing that that was coming, I went and locally picked up Zelda because, you know, the games are easy enough to find. It's just the system that's a, that's a bastard. So, yeah, so I, I did get a hold of that. Unfortunately, I have been working a lot, but the one of the mighty marvels of the Switch and its wonderful portability, as uh, Baby Boy loved to uh, tell us about, was, you know, getting some of that game time in at work. And I have to say, I've gotten some game time at least an hour plus a day, according to my little log. Ooh. <laughs> And no one's the wiser. Yeah, yeah. Well, the nice thing is, is you go on break, right? The the Joy-Cons are detachable. And at first, I wasn't sure how I was going to like that whole detachable side controller thing. You know, I was like, you know, skeptical, you, you know. And you know, I have it at work. I set it up. I prop it up with the little kickstand in the back. And I got the Joy-Cons underneath, um, underneath the table because we got our little break area. And everyone just thinks I'm watching like Netflix or some shit on my break on a little tablet. No one thinks I'm playing fucking video games. So it's fucking awesome. Whoever came with the detachable Joy-Con, that's fucking great. <laughs> and actually, I'll be honest, I kind of like holding the Joy-Con separately off the system. They almost feel more comfortable that way. Strangely enough, I mean, it, it's comfortable whole, but when they're off and, and it's like that, it's, it's very comfortable. I and mean, especially if you're trying to eat or whatever, it makes kind of a one in a partial handed gaming much easier. I did read a review. I think it, it might have been on, on Target.com. Um, said that the long-term use, if you've got big hands or, or just maybe you've, you've got thinner hands, but they're longer, that it can become uncomfortable after around 45 minutes to an hour. Is that true? Because I've got big hands and I've got like more of the sausage finger thing kind of happening. But do you, do you find that it's, it's kind of uncomfortable after a while? Your hands are cramping? It's nothing like, say, the Vita. Um, it also depends on how you hold it. I've learned to hold it a slight bit differently if I keep the Joy-Cons on it. But again, I remove the Joy-Cons and, uh, and use them off of the system a lot of the time. And now I do sometimes, like when I'm laying it right before bed, there's a couple of times I popped it on and I keep it on. I keep them attached. It's not too bad. Again, it depends on how you hold it. Um, but it's, it's not too bad. It's not like the Vita. The Vita used to get really, really uncomfortable for me. Um, but if you do have a, a discomfort problem, just pop the Joy-Cons off and just prop it up like on your nightstand or wherever and just use the Joy-Con separate because it's very comfortable that way because then you kind of hold your hands around it and hold them however you want. Now, the grip that they include with it that you can attach to the Joy-Cons, I've seen mixed reviews on it. For me personally, I do have slightly bigger hands. I like it. It works pretty well for like when you're playing in uh, in TV mode. And actually, I use the uh, Switch for about three, 
three or four days before I finally actually hooked up the dock and uh, used it on my TV. <laughs> oh, because um, I mostly use it in the in the, in the portability. Even um, just because it's it's easy enough for the quick sessions just to put it down. But even if you're playing on TV, that's that's easy enough. But no, the grip that they include for the Joy Cons um, works well. So if I'm playing in TV mode, I use that. But if I'm just using the console by itself, generally I'll just um, I'll take the Joy Cons off and stand it up and then keep the Joy Cons separate, just because I do have bigger hands and I don't have a comfort problem that way. Gotcha. Well, that's good to know. It's good to know. I was I was a little bit worried about that being a guy with, with bigger hands, and then I'm I'm looking at you know the weight combined with the awkward rectangular shape of this, and I'm thinking ah uh, maybe I'm about to drop three hundred dollars on something that you know is going to be really uncomfortable. So good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Um. And actually, the weight the weight isn't that bad. It's it's fairly light. I mean, it does have a little bit of heft to it. It does have a, a good feel to it, but it's not overly heavy. Um. It's actually the weight's pretty well pretty well distributed. Um, to be honest there. Um, but yeah, if, if definitely, uh, I would recommend probably for you, like I said, uh, remove the joy cons and, you know, use it that way. Gotcha. That's, that's what I do most of now. If you, if you need to hold it for a while, if you're on a car trip or whatever, that's fine. It'll work. But again, if you get that discomfort, just pop it off. Now what I did sometimes, cause I'll get to work a little early in order to snag a parking space. Strangely enough, my little dash area for my double din CD player car radio is just big enough to put the switch screen and I can prop it up in there. <laughs> to attach a joy to play while I, before I go to work, <laughs> before I Ooh. walk in, it, it'll, it'll sit right up in there. I can. I, I wish I could almost take like a couple of like Velcro stickies I, I thought of almost, and just like you know, like like a little you know ghetto mount, and just put it up in there. There you, there go. you go. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know. So so there's an idea for you. Um, okay. But uh, overall, no, it's a uh, it's pretty well weighted. It feels it feels pretty good. Like I said, some. Uh, definitely large improvements over things like uh, the 3DS. That was probably one of the most uncomfortable uh, portable systems ever. For outside me. of that, uh, outside of that portable Sega, what was the portable Sega? Do you remember that? Oh, the Game Gear. Yeah, the Game Gear. That was pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, that thing was just like Tonka toy designed. Oh. Yeah, I bet <laughs> it would survive a world war, though. There's no doubt about it. That thing was an absolute tank. But God, oh yeah. It was it was rugged, but uh, not the most comfortable thing. <laughs> yeah, but you got Zelda with it right off the bat, though, didn't you? With your Switch? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked That's up. That's what you were saying, up, right? Yeah, I picked up Zelda right away, and I actually um I was also shopping on Amazon a day later, and um I picked up uh, an SD card. I picked up a sixty-four gig SD card for like twenty bucks or some shit. It was on sale, so I was like, oh, okay, why not? Because I'll probably download a lot of games for the uh, Switch just because uh, there's really no price difference whether you get retail or download, and then I have it, and then I don't have to worry about my dog eating the game card. Because mm-hmm. the game cards aren't exactly real big, and they can easily get lost. Uh, plus, then, you know, we're all lazy. Who wants to Switch games, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I got that just because I plan on like, Mario Kart when that comes out. I'm just going to get that as a download so I can get it right away. No waiting. Uh, to go pick it up or anything, and being a portable system, I really think the digital focus is a little bit more there with the uh, with the Switch. Um, even in like Nintendo's rewards, you get more points for buying uh, the digital version of games than you do the physical. I noticed. I noticed that right away. I was like, oh, okay. One of the positive things I'll talk about as far as uh, having an SD card is um, once you get the SD card in your Switch and it updates. After that, it automatically defaults your downloads to the SD card. It won't put them in the system storage. It'll automatically default it to going to your SD card. You don't have to manually change it. It just does it, and you're good to go. So what does system downloads mean? Does that mean your saved games as well? I haven't really tested that yet, because the only download I have is a demo. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And since Zelda is already um, saving to the system storage, because I bought that on a game card um, before I got the uh, SD card, it, uh, it still saves that to the system. But I think I'll have to, once I try it out and actually have a downloaded game and play it, I'm pretty sure wherever the game is saved, that's where the system data is going to save. You know what I'm saying? For the game. So I think from here on out, everything's going to go to the SD card for me, but we'll see. I'll know for sure once I once I start getting some more downloaded games and actually play them with game saves. <laughs> but as far as downloading anything from the eShop, when you download your games, um, once you have an SD card inserted, it'll download those those large downloads to the SD card. Which is where you would want it to go anyway. Yeah, exactly. Given that, given that your system storage is only uh, 16 gig or no, well, it's 32, but then after it's really only like tw- just over 20 because of the OS and all that crap. When I brought that up, because you remember when we were we were having our chat with Baby Boy, um, 
if you lose your switch and you know there being no cloud your saved games aren't saved in the cloud it's a sunny day as he said uh-huh. uh, so i was curious if you if you were uh, buying an external memory card and putting putting that in if it was able to save your your saved games um but i suppose if you lose your switch <laughs> i mean you're you're still screwed but at least if you drop it the chances of you being able to keep your your card intact and right. move it to a new switch are pretty good yeah yeah i, I know nintendo's nintendo's working on, on that but yeah like i said what if, if you're planning on using sd card i would just say try to get one um, as soon as possible and just put it in there right away and then everything should default there for the most part. Like I said, game saves, I don't know if it'll default to your system storage or the SD card, but I know all your downloads will go to the SD card. Gotcha. So that's something that um, I'll have to look look into because right now it doesn't give me the option to move anything from one to the other, which was kind of curious for me. The Wii used like regular sized SD cards because the Switch uses micro SD, but the Wii used regular SD cards and you can move stuff around. And I know, like, on the 3DS used... Was that micro SD or regular SD that the 3DS used? Ooh, I think that was micro. Either way, that allowed you to move stuff around, but the Switch doesn't let you move stuff around yet. So hopefully in a system update, I would think that they would add in that functionality. Um, since they, um, you actually have to do an update uh, when you put that SD card in, the micro SD card, whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it'll the switch will prompt you that you need to update the system even if you've updated it there's like a extra update for using the SD card so i'm assuming that down the road that hopefully they'll add in some sort of functionality to be able to move your game saves around them and that would only make sense yeah uh, i think they're still tweaking things and trying to iron shit out personally so i feel the system is still pretty early but it's still worth picking up if you can actually fucking find one yeah. uh zelda is a shit ton of fun i have loved that game yeah it's Not definitely it. number 1 to pick up um, I'm not sure how I would compare it necessarily to say to how much I love Horizon Zero Dawn, but good game. <laughs> you know, Horizon Zero Dawn, that reminds me, did you, how's that going? I, I completed the shit out of that. I did damn near everything. I completed the shit out of it and it was, it was a great ride. Horizon Zero Dawn mm. was an amazing, fantastic ride. Not perfect but out of out of all the recent release games i can think of in recent memory it's like my number one game for the last probably couple of years worth of releases whoa that's that is no small thing to say for you silas uh yeah i generally don't get that attached uh to any game really and i really i loved the shit out of horizon zero dawn um it was it was great fun. The pacing was was pretty good. Um, there was a couple of spots where it did kind of throw off a little bit. Um, probably about I want to say about three quarters of the way through, the pacing did get a little a little off, but not so far out of control that it was gonna break the immersion or anything. But you do notice it a little bit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You feel um, like the I feel like you're talking about filler quests. Like, did it get a little too fetchy towards the end? A little bit, but not not comparison to again to a lot of other things that like it wasn't it wasn't too bad, mm. um, and I kind of toward the end I got really into what the story was going on and I did skip some of those extra quests I just kept with the story, which can be good. I mean, lucky for me I did enough of the uh, the extra quests early on just because I wanted to and they were interesting enough. Like I had discussed before, that uh, you know I was pretty much over leveled for the most part up until right close to the end. I was level. 39 when I finished it. When I finished the main part of the game. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and I think if you're on normal mode, I think the final last quest is technically rated at level 36 or 38, some shit like that. So I was pretty close. Um, But yeah, the last like three or four uh, main missions, I just, I went right through. I didn't do any side quests. I just went from one to the next because the story was interesting enough. I just, I just kept on going. And I know that some people, I don't know, what the hell is with people in getting really picky about game endings? I don't understand. Like, I get it if if a game's ending is just like, okay, there's nothing here. That's something to be pissed about. But this game's ending, I felt, fit the way the story was. It, it fit with the story, it fit where it was going. I think they did a really good job. Now, I know there's people that will not agree with me, they will disagree with me and be like, Silas, what the fuck are you talking about? I didn't feel it was, you know that great as far as an ending goes. But for me, I I thought it fit. 
it, it works out. I'm not going to give any spoilers. Um, I feel the ending part of the story, there's certain things you're, you're going to expect and it is going to kind of play out that way if you're paying attention. Um, it is a, a little bit sad, but it's, it's still, it's a very, it's a good finish in my opinion. And the way that they did it, there can be another game. Uh, all I have to say is after you finish it, wait till after the credits, there's another scene. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, so whether or not that's going to lead into some DLC, which I really hope so, because if there is, I will, I will play the shit out of, out of any DLC they release. So fucking Gorilla Games, give us DLC. You know, I, I will play the shit out of that. And, um, and that'd be a lot of fun. Because at least if it's on par with, with, with the main part of the game, great. In fact, actually, honestly, I could probably go through it again and have almost a whole nother experience just by playing it slightly differently. Mostly because um, I stuck to certain types of weapon sets and kind of didn't use other ones. So I could play through again and just focus on a lot of the ones that I didn't use on this playthrough and probably have a slightly different experience with it and it would still be a lot of fun. It's great when games do that. Um they they make their their uh, combat system complicated enough to where you want to go back and try the different styles of combat um as, as opposed to the old uh the three and done you've got your your heavy hit your your light attack and your block and then that's right it. right <laughs> now th- this is a lot of it's because there's the different type of um you get the different elemental strikes and um things like that but toward i don't know about halfway through the game I finally picked up, which I wish I would have gotten one sooner, but I started picking up, I uh, started using the war bows with the other elemental stuff. And one of the later war bows you get, the uh, I think it's the shadow war bow or some shit, it has the corruption ability on it. The corruption arrows. I like the sound of this already. Those are fucking fun. Because, well, you already have an ability in the game, as most people know, to take control of machines. Depending on some of the side quests you do, you can have greater control over them. I won't spoil too much of that. I did all of them. so uh, except for super creatures i could pretty much uh override damn near everything but um it is nice to have the corruption arrows because you don't have to get close to use those you can do those from a distance and um the corruption arrows you you shoot an enemy with it and they just start attacking everything they'll still attack you but they'll also attack the other enemies so that's very very useful especially if you got a large group of enemies you can corrupt the smaller ones to at least be kind of fodder for the bigger ones to kind of you know tone them you know, take them down a little bit and then you can go in and, you know, uh, do some more work on them. So it's, it works good for that, depending on what kind of strategy you want to, you want to use. It kind of makes you think a little bit aside from having, you know, you've got traps like the explosive, you've got the, uh, the trip wires, you've got all kinds of different tools at your, at your disposal. I went mostly with traps and trip wires and, and things like that. That's how I played. I like to jack up the enemy and then go in and finish them off, you know, but that's how I played. But there are other styles. Um, if you use some of the other weapons where you can be a lot more, uh, direct and down and dirty. Ooh, ooh! See now, this is this is exactly what I want to hear from a game. And unfortunately, I I don't have it. I feel like I feel like every episode thus far, it's it's me talking about all the things that I don't have and how jealous I am of everyone else. But <laughs> <laughs> bear with me. Um, so we we opted for the the Switch, uh, and I'm not going to go back to Switch, but um, we opted for the Switch over getting a PlayStation Four. Pro uh, this month, uh, which I was originally going to get the PlayStation, uh, so I could play Horizon Zero Dawn. That was that was the point. I also really enjoyed the Uncharted series, and I'd, I'd like to go back and play through that again. But um, uh, every time I hear you talk about this, I want to play it more, and I've tried my very best to avoid looking at any gameplay. Like I've I've seen the trailers, but I've avoided looking at anything else about the game. And it's so to me. Other than a few screenshots in that initial video, it's all completely fresh, and it's and it killing me. It's totally killing me to to hear how, how awesome this is, and I and I want to play that style too. Exactly what you're talking about. Like I want to do the traps and that the almost that assassin set people up with the, you know, poisons or whatever it is. But that sneaking around stuff. It sounds like this game makes it a lot of fun, and that's no, what it, want, it does. That's what I want to do. I'll tell you what, and I said this before. I wish some companies could trade IPs because I would love to see Guerrilla Games make a fucking Assassin's Creed game. Oh, that would be fun. (laughs) Give it to me. (laughs) Yeah, we need a return to, uh, just side note, we need a return to that original Assassin's Creed feel, by the way. Yeah. It it needs to come back hard and strong and down to get the friction on. 
yeah, yeah. What, what the? F- I don't know. A- after Ezio, everything went to hell. Well, yeah. well, with the exception of, of Black Flag. Black Flag was fucking awesome. It was, <laughs> but it, it was glitch ridden though. At least on Xbox. I don't know about PC or or PlayStation. I, play, but. I played it on PlayStation Four. There was some, but it wasn't too bad. The game was the game was a lot of fun. It was well yeah. worth it in the story. You know, yeah, there was some issues, but then again, that's the, Ubisoft. Uh, they just had a bad record with having some glitchy shit, and unfortunately, so does another company. That mm-hmm. our whole next topic we can get into here shortly. Fucking EA publisher uh, w- uh yeah well it, lay it on brother lay because i know this is near and dear to your heart right now and i've got a few comments <laughs> about it too if you don't hit them okay all right here here we go and <laughs> forgive me oh boy yeah for anybody who hasn't um listened to my uh any of my some of my individual shit that's over on on youtube i do do a little show quick little self promote here uh but I hit on a lot of this there, but I'm going to go over some of it here just because I know very few people know that I got that little side project. <sighs> Mass Effect Andromeda. Okay. All the deep breaths, all the heavy sighing. <laughs> oh, this is not good. You know, I love Bioware and, and, and I love the Mass Effect series. I do. I've even defended against shit when, again, the whole endings thing. But. <laughs> I just I can't help myself. <laughs> Mass Effect Andromeda is fucked. Okay, <laughs> just to be blunt about this shit. Okay, they the released a broken as fuck game. Okay, first and foremost, everybody, and I mean every fucking character in this game, cutscenes, regular dialogue, otherwise has rest, resting bitch face. Okay, a- am I wrong, Sage? No, you're not. You are not wrong, and it's very distracting. Yeah, it, it is. It does not help with your immersion at all. In fact, it takes you out of it a lot. It's, it, it, it's annoying. It makes you want to reach into into the game and choke the shit out of the character or slap the shit out of whoever decided to to do this. I know it's not any one person's fault that happened like that, and I know the publishers work work very very hard. And I'm in no way saying that the publishers' work is is you know wasn't good, but someone made a a fucking bad decision there. You know, um, the graphic artist gave them assets and whatnot, and someone just Someone didn't fucking use something because it, what the fuck, okay? It, it, terrible. Now, the voice acting is actually pretty decent, but it is not helped by the fact that everybody has resting bitch face. Like, you're, you're looking on screen and everybody, it's like everyone's, if it was in comparison to terrible voice acting, like a lot of people can, you know, complain about with, on, on anime of uh, all being like monotone and no emotion, that's everyone's faces. Their voices have emotions, so it's it's the opposite thing. So think the opposite of shitty anime, okay? You have good voice acting with shitty facial reactions. It is completely emotionless, other than mouth movement. It is emotionless, and even the mouth movement is very out of sync. It it is it is. I was I was trying to be nice. <laughs> I was trying. Um, it is. It's it bad. Is, it is. It, I felt that. Uh, you know, just coming from finishing Mass Effect 1 through 3, uh, I did finally get to finish all of that. Um, and we'll, we'll leave Mass Effect 3 ending for another, for another chat. Um, but um, coming into it with, with the storyline fresh in mind and seeing how the game developed as a series, 1 through 3, I felt that the game deserved, and it was really disappointing not to see this, speaking specifically of the expression system, that they didn't use... Um, the tracking dots on actual actors in a green screen room to to act out the facial expressions and then apply them to um, the characters. Um, the this is a series that has the backing of uh, of not only the developer uh, and certainly the console, but um, a huge fan base. So the money is definitely there. Why didn't we hire actors and apply this? system directly into um into the game it deserved it it absolutely 100 percent deserved it and i felt like we've done a complete disservice by simply re- relying on your graphics artists to to put in 
you know, this nothing they put in nothing is is what they did we completely skipped over everything else yeah the the gun graphics and the the uh uh the the in-between videos all of that looks really good i think we put a lot more money into the trailers than, than we did into the uh the expression system so this game deserved it am i wrong no, no, you you are not wrong. In in speaking of your your points on the graphics, you're right. Certain things have very high amounts of of detail in this game. Your your armor, you can see the scratches, all that shit. Especially when you're playing in 4K and all and all that stuff. But for a game that was supposed to be very well optimized for the PS4 Pro, especially in particular. <laughs> once again, going back to the faces, but other things too. Anything up close aside from like your armor or guns looks like it's from mass effect one am Mm. i wrong sage no no like it smacks of of if one and two had a hybrid baby um it would it would look like it came off of a uh in 64 yeah yeah um the the faces there there's hardly there's not a whole lot of detail there hands just a lot of stuff that should have detail doesn't and and i feel like the mass effect series deserved better than that also which is annoying because when you, you can look at the armor and be like oh that looks awesome but then what are you looking at a lot of in this game this is a story-driven game so once again going back to faces it's a story-driven game that's what you see a lot of in this game and that's where the least amount of love was put and i know the graphics artists probably put in a lot of detail they probably gave the director or, or whoever a lot of assets to use but they didn't use them properly. So we can't really say it's all the graphics artists' fault. They just they did a job. They're told, hey, give us this. But whoever was overseeing this whole thing, they dropped the fucking ball. They did a piss poor job. Okay. On top of that, you, you know, there, there's that. And, and just, again, it's a lot of it just, it looks like we're playing fucking Mass Effect 1 somehow. Or, or at the very least, in between Mass Effect 1 and 2. just We're, we're back to Xbox 360. This is a next-gen game. It's on PC. I haven't touched the PC version. I thought about getting on PC just to see if it played better, but I've heard there's still some glitches there out of the list that there is. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you play it? I only played it for an hour, so this is... I, I, I'm about I, 20 hours in, okay? okay? I've already populated a fucking planet. Um, I've been to like three, four planets now. So where did they put the money? You being 20 hours into it, me being an hour, um, I really don't have a big idea. We've we skimped out on the development of this particular feature for a reason, and it has to come down to money. So where do you see the money? Okay, again, it's it's in a lot of the details of, say, the equipment, the um, your land vehicle that you run around in looks pretty, pretty nice for the most part. It was really put into a lot more of the minor assets, I feel like. Um, not as much in the in the land details, you know, in the shit you're looking at all the time. Not as much there. It's on the shit you don't look at as much. And yes, they may have put some money into into voice acting because the voice actors I feel actually did a pretty decent job, especially for you know English dialogue crap. Because as an avid anime watcher, we've all got our opinions on on voice acting. Okay, mm. if anybody's an anime watcher, you, you, we can all compare some Japanese voice acting to some to some English voice acting, and you know. You, you'll understand yeah <laughs> so you know where where the emotion is and stuff and like i said before the voice acting it's not great but in comparison to voice acting is the highlight versus the, the facial expressions which is fucking weird they should complement each other and it's just it's not there you know the voice acting is decent but then when the other stuff sucks it just it takes you out of it it's, it's fucking terrible also with the glitches and things half the time you lose the fucking voice dialogue because it just fucking cuts out <laughs> Yes. Okay. All, all, all right. of a sudden, it's 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 silent, so you have the subtitles. Assuming that you turned the subtitles on, which I turned on because I read that sometimes this audio thing happens. Mm-hmm. No, that's not sometimes. It happens at least once a fucking hour, at least when I was playing it. And again, I'm playing on PS4 Pro, and I figured you know on the Pro there would be less of a problems because you know there, there's more power there. I figured they utilized it. it was supposed to be optimized for the Pro. In fact, if you remember a couple episodes back, I was talking about that. I was excited because like Horizon Zero Dawn, it was supposed to be optimized. Yeah, someone fell asleep there. Okay, and on top of that, with the other numerous bugs, which I'll, I'll let Sage get into a couple of those instead of me just ranting on. But the QA team. <laughs> no, you're doing a great have, job. <laughs> the, the, the the QA team. 
it must have been like one fucking dude in grandma's basement because or they just didn't fucking listen to their 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 quality assurance people because there's a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot of fucking glitches and bugs yeah terrible and one of the biggest ones that stands out again as much as i hate to go with the whole graphics thing but frame drops okay yeah. that is one of the most terrible things to happen against now occasionally happening in a game not a big deal not a big deal when it is consistent in every single fucking cutscene, stutters and hitches, you leave yourself wondering why. Why is this like this? Okay, worst case scenario, yeah, you'd piss people off, lock that shit at 30 frames or something. I don't know, but when you see a massive, uh, and again, I'm, I'm coming from playing it on the PS4 Pro. You, you were playing on Xbox One, so that things might be a little bit different there. No, <laughs> but go ahead. But... <laughs> It's fucking terrible. It should not be like that, especially on, on the PS4 Pro. And and again, at first I thought, well, maybe it's because I'm coming from the, this high I've got off of this amazing game, Horizon Zero Dawn. And, I, and I, I should these are two totally different games. Please don't take my comparisons out of context. This is just game tested and published well versus game apparently not tested well. Or someone wasn't fucking listening and it was uh, EA just trying to get cash grab because everyone loves fucking Mass Effect, which is probably where a lot of it lies. I could be wrong, but hey, a lot of people hate EA. There's a reason why. Um, (laughs) It's just fucking horrible to see this, especially for a series that you love and you want to love it. And I was unimpressed in the first hour. And I almost put it down, but I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll trudge through it. The story. Okay. You made story. it further that's, than I fucking did, bro. <laughs> the story. That's, you know, that's a big part of the draw for Mass Effect, right? The story. You know, just like a KOTOR game or something similar, right? Well, you know? Absolutely. So I was like, okay, well, the story. And, and the story is intriguing enough. But there's just too much, there's too much broken shit. Too much broken shit. Now, I've heard that they're going to be releasing several patches. And these are not small patches. In fact, the last one, I think, was over a gig. And there's still a lot of shit to be fixed. I haven't touched it since that one came out. But they're supposed to fix, like, they're adding in all this stuff for the facial stuff that we've all been pitching about. And a lot of other things. But here's my problem. If you have to have a numerous patches that are gig plus size, what does that say? Does that to, to me, that says your game was not fucking finished on release. And this is a terrible trend that we're seeing which which in itself could take up uh, in a, a whole actually there's a, there's an episode idea right there and yeah. you're absolutely right dude um it's become dlc has begin become the overall cover-up for uh, shitty for release timelines yeah a shitty release and that comes down to the the um the management of of the amount of hours the amount of time uh, the amount of money that developers are are receiving to manage a team to develop this game, and um, everybody has to do more with less. Productivity is absolutely through the roof, um, and they have to do it with a lot less people. So, I, in a way, I feel bad for them. Um, and I, this comes from a place where I, I work. I'm, I'm not going to say like I work shoulder to shoulder with some of the developers with like the Division game, but but I I. I know these guys and we've, we've had great chats and I know people that know them even better than I do. And the things that these developers try and do for a game um, and then maintain the game after its release and put out updates and stuff like they really work hard and their hearts are in it. And, um, and it, it's difficult for them to hear all of the, the negative feedback, like it's their fault. And when in some cases it's, it's a matter of time and resources, and they were attempting to fix these issues, but they were hard-pressed due to a, um, a due date that they could not move anymore due to you know contracts or whatever the case is. So there's me giving them their due. It's, it's not them personally. This is just how, the flip side, this is just how business works now. Is it a viable, uh, sustainable build? Um, for developers to continue to do this because more than likely for me with mass effect i'm not coming back to it for a while Uh, they're going to have to have a series of several updates and i'm sorry just throwing makeup on the faces and and some increased shadows so it renders better isn't 
isn't making the facial expressions any better. You just put more detail on the face. So I'm, I'm curious to see what they're going to do over some time, depending on what their budgets allow and what uh, the developer is going to eventually pay for, because they also have competing priorities like other games um, that is also under, under their label. So I get that. But um, DLC in itself has become this, this self-defeating band-aid um, to pumping out three quarters of a finished game and uh, selling it at $60 a pop across three consoles if it's not a, a console exclusive, um, getting your money up front. So then once you have the money, you can divert more uh, money to getting resources that you need to fix the problems. And um, this is where it's really tricky. I think the, the gamer as a whole nowadays is more discerning and um, we are we are much quicker to to drop a game or to have hurt feelings um, because we kind of feel that sense of betrayal. I'm I'm paying sixty dollars for a completed game, and this is clearly not completed. It's it's not a matter of the storyline isn't finished. It's not a matter of um, well, you told me up front that I was only getting half a game and there's going to be a second one. Um, this is a matter of simple quality assurance testing and, um, and I'm sorry, any, it with as bad as the facial expression system is, and I hate to keep beating up on this, but, uh, a 12 year old could have pointed that out. And this is where I have a hard time. I understand that the people that were working on this system in particular, um, we're following more than likely following orders, but this is such a glaring bug. The, the first and foremost priority with any game is that of your storytellers. Um, that's where you put your money. That's where you put your time. The rest of it is secondary. Um, environment is secondary. Having a great mathematical system in place for your combat system is definitely needed, but that doesn't, that does not in itself qualify graphical systems. Yeah, it's great to have this this great looking, you know, buggy or vehicle that you go around on planets on and that your armor looks all great, but you missed out on the storytelling right off the bat and you've lost me. I'm gone now. Uh, I'm not bought into the story because clearly you weren't bought into the story as a developer. You were bought into making a pretty promo and you were bought into making pretty armor. But you, you yourself weren't sold on the story, so you had, to, you had to put your money other places. So if you don't have faith in your game, I don't have faith in your game. And this is where I feel the more discerning gamers are going to pick up on that. And they're going to be really disappointed with the fact that, uh, in essence, if, if they're not coming out with a free update on this to fix it, which obviously they're coming out with that, but I'm not going to pay for DLC that fixes this. Um, I'm not going to pay for DLC with this game probably at all, simply because of how it was, how it was, was released. And, um, it is more prevalent today with a lot more games. And I find that when I, when I see particular developers put out a game, that's that way, I, I will shy away from it because they, they simply weren't prepared regardless of the reasons behind it. Um, somebody knew they're all gamers, just like we are. Um, so somebody knew, somebody heard the feedback from those guys and decided to ignore it. And that's, that's where my hang up is. That psychology just doesn't make any sense to me. That mentality doesn't, doesn't work. I think it's kind of insulting to the, to the gamer. So do you feel this is more of a problem with the developers being strapped or is this more of a problem with the publishers themselves, you know, because they're the ones that make a lot of the deadlines and things like that, saying, hey, you have to get this up by this time, we're not extending you anymore, um, having too tight of a leash on the devs, or expecting too much in too short of a time, or is it a combination of maybe both, maybe, you know, the developers just not giving a fuck no more because of that, or, you know, what's your take on that? It's, it is completely without question a combination. Um, where we are now, uh, in this information age is completely different from how we, we developed games or how we enjoyed games, consumed entertainment uh, 20 years ago. It's completely different. Um, businesses have to rework their plans and um, how they come out with new content or, or, or content or new products. Um, 
all of it has been completely reworked over the past 10 to 15 years. And this is the introduction of phones and the, the application that orders this and that and the other. And you can, you can turn on your, your fucking lights with your phone. Now, um, everything (laughs) is a now, now, now mentality. And so it's, it's easy to change your business plan to more of a, we condense content and then we keep people going with DLC. Uh, you see that with, um, uh, pay to win kind of applications that became this big thing on, on your phone. You know, you can, you have microtransactions inside your phone for games to buy this and that and the other. And microtransactions are now a part of, uh, console games. I was so disappointed to see that as part of fable legends that just, um, um, that, that just, I hate to see that in any game because that's telling me that, oh, that's just telling me a lot. So well, can I interject something real quick on the microtransactions? Ahead. There is a time when microtransactions are okay. And, and I'm not saying like in a pay to win, but for say vanity items, like skins and shit like that, small little things to make something Absolutely. look different. That's cool. And I'm okay with that. That is an extra. And that is perfectly fine. So on on that end, it's okay. But for pretty much anything else, I, I agree with you. That's all I yeah, have for that. Yeah, and and, and it, I don't even think about that from from a content standpoint. But yeah, you know, if you've uh, what I hate most, you could get like uh, just pick any app on your phone, and then it's like, well, it's all time based. So if you want it quicker, if you want it now, you have to pay real money. And I don't agree with that. So anything that uses that subtle strategy. Um, you're kind of duping me on content is basically what you're telling me. Uh, so it's a combination. They're, they're under strict guidelines um, uh, and, and contracts to get this content put out. But they're, they're also pushed because the, the uh, you know, if it's Microsoft that's purchasing this game and, and they're supposed to have it out on a certain date, um, they're pushing you to get your resources on, on priority of what they want. Um, that's just how business is done now. They want it now because the consumer wants it now. Um, that doesn't work for game development, at least not for good games. So I think we're going to continue to see this struggle with developers between uh, the person who's or the, the company that's pushing it and, um, and the gamers who want a, a finished product when they receive it. They can't have they can't execute both. They don't have the, the money or the resources to do that. Um, there's been tons and tons of downsizing. We've seen a lot of companies um, and developers close. Uh, you think of Lionhead Studios. <laughs> Lionhead yeah. Studios closed. And that was really sad to see that see them go, especially for as long as they've been around. But there's a lot of downsizing all over the place. And um, only the strong will survive, and we'll see what they change the system into. But that's just kind of my two cents. I think, I think there's a lot of things that are com- combining together to make this perfect storm that makes it very hard for a developer to do the job they need to. Um, on the other hand, if it's their game and it's their name that's on the line, uh, that somebody somewhere is going to draw that line and they're going to stick to it. And hopefully other developers will follow suit and not allow DLC to be um, the crutch that it's been. Okay, and and one more point on on this whole thing you did bring up briefly about um, some games being exclusive and and others being multi-platform. Do you think with some games and maybe in the case of Mass Effect, since it was a multi-platform game and not an exclusive, that might have had something to do with the lack of time and things like that? Because when you're working with multiple platforms, now you've got you know all these different ecosystems you're you're trying to deal with and and your bugs are going to be going to be different cuz obviously you got um your coding and all that for specific systems and everything. Do you think that lends a hand to possibly some of this shitty release syndrome we're having? Mm, it can, but how long have we had multiple consoles? We've had multiple platforms for forever before this information age, before the I need it absolutely now. Um and and they've been producing great games sticking to uh, established developer standards, those companies that do have those standards and won't put out a, a shitty game. Now, granted, every now and then you do, but um, when something is broken, like it's just fucking broken. Yeah, so, this is very broken. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know in this case, speaking specifically about Mass Effect, if that is a viable excuse for them. They knew better. 
Um, this right. is an established one, two, three. We had we had three games around this. There's established fan base. You no doubt they're have pretty. The they're pretty the big. They're pretty. It's a big publisher and a pretty big developer company as well. They got pretty exactly. good sized teams. Exactly. So I don't think that that's in Mass Effect's case. I don't think that that's an excuse. No. Okay. Well, plus let's let's face it. The last Mass Effect game came out how many years ago? This game isn't exactly oh, like man. they just you know put it together. It's not a yearly release. It's not fucking. Call of Duty. Yeah, it's been a long time, and a lot of there's been a lot of buildup because a lot of us, a lot of us have been waiting for this game, and then this is what we get. You know, you're you're ex- expecting, you know, some fucking really good shit, like some creme brulee or some shit, and someone gives you a fucking Jello snack pack. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that that's what I feel like just happened here. Prison you know? food. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I won't, won't take uh, too much longer on this subject because I know we're going to be a little bit long on this episode today. Yeah. Um, but just on the other broken shit real quick, aside from all the graphic stuff, you brought up the combat system or a combat system in general. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the combat system in Mass Effect? Because I've got a couple of things to say about that shit. <laughs> um, at times cumbersome. Is that is is that fair? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be nice here. Um, <laughs> what, what what did you find cumbersome about it be, uh, specifically? What was what was the problem? So and and again, I don't know if this is if this is console specific. Here's the first thing, and I'm, I'll I'll leave the rest of this to you because I've been talking quite a bit. Um, so when I press a button, I want it to work, and it it seems to me that the 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 timing um, wasn't exactly fixed. Um, so when I, when I aim down sight and I fire on an enemy, um, and then I go to pop a heel or toss a nade or, or whatever the case may be. Again, I only spent about an hour in it and then I was like, uh, no. So I was experiencing on the Xbox one, the, the lack of timeliness to it. When I pressed the button, it wasn't working and it wasn't a matter of, okay, well this is on cooldown or you can't do this again or you know, some type of MMORPG kind of shit happening. No, this was, this was a bog down of the input system and these things not executing in a timely manner. And it was killing me. So again, I don't know if that's, that was just my experience on Xbox or maybe I'm completely crazy, but that's just a, that's kind of a vague way to, to put it. And then, uh, so that really bothered me. It, it, no, it just wasn't, it just wasn't connecting to me. Yeah. It's, it's not just you, uh, me playing on the PS4 pro. I noticed on several occasions where there seemed to be some sort of a delay. Um, and this wasn't again related to cooldown or anything else. It was just it was this weird delay. And a lot of times you would get attacked in between your actions even though you hit the buttons and then you're dead and it's like okay once again difficulty yeah i realize something's supposed to have a certain difficulty but when you know you're hitting certain actions and it doesn't work that is that is aggravating on top of that your companion ai now i know and some, you know, you got, you got a couple different types of RPGs. You got the ones where you can control your companions, and there's some that, that you know, or, and or let you have them do like some sort of an auto function and whatnot. And then there's ones where they're they're auto controlled. They it's just all AI for your companions, and you can you can direct them a little bit in Mass Effect, give them commands. Well, that's fine and dandy, except half the time they don't follow the fucking commands. They, at least in in, in on me playing on PlayStation. They'll fucking stand there and do nothing, or they run off somewhere else in the wild blue yonder, and you have no idea what what the fuck's happening there. It's like, oh, yep, mind of my own, I'm just going to go over here, there's a plant over here, I'm going to go, I need to leave a dump. I'm going to go over here and leave a shit instead of shooting at this guy. <laughs> I don't know. Now, when, they, when, when it works, it's great, but it doesn't work, I would say, at least half the time. Something happens, either you, the, the character doesn't move, or... They, they don't it it just doesn't work and also in addition to that even if it was working the one thing i would have to say is okay i maybe i got a little spoiled but mass effect 3 on xbox 360 it was the only system that did it you had the voice commands for your companions okay you could yell at them yeah yell at your game to tell your companions to do shit 
Now, pretty much every system now has some sort of a miking feature, whether it's a headset or whatever. That should just be fucking part of this thing now with Mass Effect, because I thought the voice commands were fucking awesome. If you can't, yes, you could hit some buttons, but it's a lot easier just to say, hey, so-and-so, use this ability. Hey, do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's one of the things I loved, I, I, I enjoyed about playing, because I played Mass Effect 3 on both PlayStation and on, on Xbox, but I, I enjoyed it a little more on Xbox, even though it was graphically not as good as it was on uh, PlayStation 3 at the time. I played it on both, but I enjoyed it more on Xbox because of the voice commands. I could yell at Liara or whoever to, you know, use Nova or do this or do that, and I didn't have to hit any buttons. I could still focus on shooting, and I didn't have to stop the action. And for a game that's supposed to be more on action, that was great. The other thing that bugs me about the combat system, this is a fucking cover-based shooter, right? But an RPG. Yet there is no... (laughs) In the previous Mass Effect games, there was always some sort of an indicator or something. You could hit something to make you go into cover, right? Yeah. There was there was also the ability, you know, duck down and cover. Yeah, where where the fuck is that Mass Effect Andromeda? Yeah, if you were up to a wall and, and, and hit a button enough times, you'll eventually be in a sort of cover stance. But there's nothing indicating, hey, this is cover or this. What the fuck? A cover-based shooter with no indicator of proper cover. And I've also gotten shot through solid rocks and things several times even though i've been ducked down not sure how the fuck that worked but anyway yeah <laughs> they're using fmj <laughs> so, something is just is just fucking wrong oh but anyway enough on that right do you have anything else to add to them and did you experience uh similar things was, was it different for you on xbox or is it just me no no i the, the only thing like i said i've only got an hour game t- uh game time in there and um and to be honest with you i didn't i didn't really use the companion system um very much if if at all to um, oh yeah because you were still on that initial initial uh landing yeah, planet. yeah so yeah so i i really didn't have much experience with that but no, i i think we've i think we've nailed it with this one um hopefully it'll get better though i mean on a positive note they they are coming out with updates so fingers crossed it's it's just terrible that we have to wait for updates to make a game playable for us. Should have waited to spend my sixty bucks. Yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait until Black Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Thirty. Anyway, all right. So moving on to another topic. Uh, Sage, you've got other other projects going on. Um, so tell us a little bit about what else you you've got going on outside of my life and games. Oh, what else right. you been up to? Oh, well, so uh, more recently, I'll start with my streaming. Um, streaming is now on a regular schedule, uh, Saturday awesome. through Sunday. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I finally completely moved into the to the new place and the new office here and in beautiful, sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And uh, got the green screen set up. It's beautiful. Man, I am enjoying it. So I was able to, to get the streaming situation all squared away. So you can catch me uh, streaming The Division just about every day of the week. Um, of course, you can find that schedule on my Twitter, at Orangierosage. But there's other stuff that's going on. Uh, I also do, being a big Division fan, I do have a show called The 130. It is a Division briefing. It's basically a minute and a half of me um, chatting about some specific content around, uh, around the Division. And uh, that is a Twitter-only show. So I've been doing that again now that I'm set up in the new office. Um, but I'm on a, on a few other shows as well. I'm on a, a show that's division based again, go, go figure called stolen signal radio. Um, that's a bike bi- bi-weekly community call in radio show where community members join our Google hangout and, uh, chat with myself, game with Weezer and binary numb, uh, all pillars in the division, co- uh, community. So that's really cool. We get to spend that time with the division community. So the, the agents out there that aren't content creators can kind of have their voice heard. Um, but I'm also on another show called The Green Room uh, with uh, uh, Binary Numb, and that's part of the Dark Zone Report as well. And that's a show where we talk to content creators. As a matter of fact, Silas, you were on that show. Yes, yes, I was before life uh, decided to mess with me some more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're uh, and you know, maybe we'll get you back on there too as we get uh, as we get settled here. But uh, we're actually bringing that show back. Um, so the green room is going to be another project, and there's one more thing again, division related is the division community weekend three, uh, which is also hosted by the Dark Zone Report, and this is where um, streamers, big or small, uh, are going to be hosted not only by the Dark Zone Report, but they're also going to be hosted by the official Division Game Twitch, and uh, and their shows will be tweeted out by the official 
the Division Game Twitter account, which is really cool. So we've been working really close with the uh, community manager, Matt Shachin. And I say we, I really mean Binary Numb. Uh, he's been heading this whole project up. So there's just a lot of stuff going on right now um, in the Division community. And of course, that's where my heart and soul really is right now. I'm really pretty anchored in that community. So yeah, it's been busy, man. It's been really busy. Having a great time. Wow. Well, definitely it sounds like you got a lot of uh, a lot of projects going on, and uh, everyone should uh, take the time. If you're into the division, uh, obviously Sage is very much into the division. Uh, we can tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, go check go check this stuff out. This is all um, really good stuff. Um, I've taken the time to try to check out the uh, the shows when I can. Um, it's definitely worth your time, especially if you're really really into the division. Um, uh, Sage's 130 is, is, is very helpful and, uh, you know, he's got a lot of knowledge to share because obviously he's really into the division and he plays the shit out of it. So yeah, well, it's better to listen to for, uh, for some pointers. Um, you know, you're playing on PC and Xbox one, right? For the division. Yep. PC and Xbox one. And then okay. eventually PlayStation we'll get there. Right. Um, so just real quick, uh, since you're doing all this stuff with the division, how do you feel about the state of the game right now, uh, where it's at the recent updates, things like that. I know there's been some kind of community mm. outcry more recently because of some of the updates. You know, just, just real quick. Okay. So I, I will state to begin with, it, it seems like every update since vanilla 1.2, that there's people that, that cry. This game is dead. Um, <laughs> right yeah. off the bat. If and you've been on Twitter lately, <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter lately, it's been, it's been pretty bad. I, I think we had, I think we had, um, we had a few of, of some of our top, uh, content creators were like, uh, we didn't like the, the, the release of year two content. And basically there's, there's no DLC for your content. There's no paid DLC. Um, all the stuff that's coming is, is uh, is free, which is great, um, but I think people wanted to see more. They were hoping for announcement around more PvP type uh, arenas, more to the Dark Zone, more to Last Stand, and um, and things like that. And they didn't hear that initially. Uh, I think we saw some people kind of jump ship. But now there's been uh, more recently, and it was announced on State of the Game, and they've sent out the emails, kind of a questionnaire of what we'd like to see in Last Stand, and it's more around game modes. So imagine Call of Duty and all the, the shit tons of game modes that you have. Um, that that was part of the questionnaire, as well as, as numerous other things. So it was pretty easy for, for us um, to see the direction that they were heading. Um, tons more game modes, uh, potentially for Last Stand. Who knows what more is going to come for Dark Zone, and all free this year. Um, while I can see what some people might have been upset initially not to hear all of that right off the bat, um, I think now they're going to be kind of chewing the fat uh, <laughs> and and realizing that uh, year two is going to be just as strong and there's a lot of great stuff coming. So um, I think the sour overtones will disappear. We'll, we'll see the, the sodium levels decrease and the glucose levels <laughs> increase. I think it's going to be good. good. Very good, very good. Yeah, uh, I haven't played the division in a while, but uh, once I free up some more time with all this other shit I got going on, maybe I'll have to jump on there once in a while. <laughs> Join me, bro. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, speaking of of other things, just some 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 quick stuff. Uh, due to the fact that I have put down Mass Effect, <laughs> giving it a break because uh-huh. we'll, we'll we'll come back to this. I'll come back to it later. <laughs> Because I don't want to give up because Mass Effect is... I, I love the Mass Effect series, but they, they got, seriously got to fix that shit. Um, I am playing Zelda. Hopefully, you'll be able to get your Switch soon and, and join me in some Zelda. And, of course, later on this month, we have uh, Mario Kart coming out. And, of course, that's fun for everybody, right? Oh, hell um, yeah. So, that, so that'll be fun. That'll be good to uh, check that out and uh, kind of curious to see how you're going to feel about the the switch and what your initial impressions are once you finally get a hold of one magically from from some fucking unicorn that shits it out for you (laughs) (laughs) um but aside from that um a game that has recently released uh uh, brought it up in the last episode that i was going to play uh persona 5 Uh, i haven't gotten a super lot of time in due to my work schedule i'm probably like six seven hours in but i have really been enjoying it it has actually lived up to my expectations of what I expect from a crazy ass JRPG with a fucking mature rating. Okay. There is blood and shit within the first 10 minutes of the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> when War. a game has a mature rating and, and it has a list of shit for why it has a mature rating, that that's that, that makes you look at it at least a little bit. But uh, no, aside from uh, not just because it's uh, it's more adult oriented uh, with language and, and visuals and and all that shit, and it, and and it is it is the Persona games have always uh, pushed those kinds of boundaries. Um, they definitely took a slightly different direction with this game, but it still has the previous Persona games feel. It's still you, you still know it's a it's a Persona game, even though they're doing something slightly different with it, which is what I liked about those games. They've always evolved and, and improved. And so far from what I've seen, I haven't really run into any real glitchy problems or, or anything else. And uh, I'm really in, enjoying it a lot. Um, we'll probably get into a discussion on this uh, in another episode once I've had some more uh, playtime with it. But once you do get your PS4 down the road stages, maybe another game you may want to look into while you're waiting for Mass Effect to fix itself. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Um, uh, but I definitely like like the style that they've done with that. Uh, the Persona games have always been, uh, again, JRPGs that are very very quirky. It's definitely uh, uh, much much different, um, very dark um, in a lot of ways. But uh, in some ways, they throw a lot of lighthearted shit in there that throws you off, and it's like okay. Um, even though it's a very dark toned game, um, I like the uh, the anime, uh, almost comic bookish kind of style that they've that they've done for. Um, how they've set it up and how they're telling the story. I, I like the, uh, the direction I had with it is keeping it very interesting for me. And I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far, even though the very beginning of it is a lot of story. I don't mind it because there's enough, uh, at least at the combat in, in the intro, the way that they're doing it to, uh, get you set up and, and ready to really get into the game. Uh, maybe I'll even, uh, stream it at some point. I'm still working on getting my, uh, streaming stuff set up. I've kind of run into a couple of, uh, things that have set me back a little bit as far as streaming. It's mostly just work schedule. Um, having to work a lot of hours, but aside from that, I'm still trying to kind of tweak a few things, but hopefully uh, I'll get that set up soon and maybe uh, either Persona or Zelda or maybe a little bit of both will uh, be on my streaming docket in the near future. Is it is it Windows 10 uh, audio output priority problems? Because <laughs> I'm having a fucking lot of those lately. Uh, no, that's actually I'm actually okay with that. It's just been some some other things when when updates happen for some reason it seems to uh, to break things. Oh. Uh, but aside from that, no, there's also some graphics tweaking I want to do because you know me, I'm picky as hell. Yeah, buddy. Um, your streams always that's... look so good. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I guess that's what it, what you get for being anal retentive. So at least there's a positive to that. Damn straight. Um. So I, I think that's going to be about it for this episode, unless you've got something else you wanted to uh, throw in there, Sage. Uh, no. Yeah, it was a great episode. Absolutely. All right. Well, we will catch you all in the next episode. We are out of here. We would like to thank everyone who took the time to listen to our podcast. If you'd like to hear more, you can follow us on Twitter at Silas and Sage for upcoming releases, as well as links to our previous shows on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. This has been My Life in Games with Silas and Sage, and we'll see you in two weeks.